Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. It's that time again. We are back. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry of the Liberty Baptist Church. Thank you so much for listening this morning. We hope we have been a blessing to you in previous weeks. And if we have, hope to be a blessing to you again today. This is your first time listening. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry of the Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. And we would love to have you come out and give us a visit one of these days. And uh, have you? we'd like to meet you in person. And I just thank you so much for listening. want to just preach a message to you today that I hope will be a help and uh, hopefully an encouragement to you today. But before we do that, uh, I had someone send me a joke. I like to tell jokes every once in a while here. On the radio, I think a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But this particular joke, uh, I wasn't real sure if they sent this to me bec- or gave this to me because it was funny or if there was a hidden message in here that uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to take it personal or not. So I will read this to you and uh, I don't know, we'll see how we should take this. But it says, a country preacher took his car to the local mechanic to get his exhaust pipe fixed. The mechanic said it would cost $40 for the part and 75 for the labor. Wow, that's a lot of money to put in an old car. Remember, I'm just a poor preacher. The mechanic replied, Yes, I know. I've heard you preach. Hmm. Well, um, I'm going to assume that that was not meant for me, a message to me. I w- will not take that personal. But anyway, well... Uh, Hopefully that was uh, funny to some of you out there. I do have the gift of butchering a good joke, but people for some reason still want to hear me tell them anyway. So uh, if you send them to me, I will keep on uh, reading those. If you have any questions uh, about the Bible that you would like answered or even a specific subject you would like to hear spoke about on the radio, email them to us at libertybc2011 at att.net. And if you do that, we will try to make them a part of the program. It's your opportunity opportunity to affect the subject matter of this show. So, right now, though, I want us to, we've been kind of talking a lot about salvation recently. Last week, we went off subject a little bit uh, because of Father's Day. But I want to get back on this subject of salvation. I believe it is so important. It's the, it's the most important thing, knowing for sure that you're on your way to heaven. And we believe that a person can know that they have eternal life. And this morning what I want to talk about is I want to speak on the subject of the helmet of salvation. I'm sure if you've been around church much, you've probably heard a lot said about putting on the whole armor of God. And one of the pieces of that armor of God is the helmet of salvation that's mentioned. Ephesians 6.17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So it's just briefly mention there to take the helmet of salvation but what is that exactly many people i don't know if they know for sure what that is i don't believe the helmet of salvation is necessarily salvation 
Because I believe the armor of God is something that a saved person puts on. And I believe only a saved person can put on the whole armor of God. But a saved person can also not have some of that armor on. That's why God told us to put it on. And the helmet of salvation. So what is that exactly? Well, let's look at another passage of Scripture in the Bible where the helmet of salvation is mentioned. And I think it can give us a better idea. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Right before this, in chapter 4, is one of the most famous rapture passages in the Bible that talk about the return of Christ to come for the saints. And so right here, uh, we have him talking about that. Uh, he's kind of referring to that. The chapter 4, if you want to go back and read that. But verse 3 says, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, that we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. So right here we see the helmet of salvation mentioned again and I find it interesting that it's mentioning it in a passage where it's talking about the return of Christ. And he's telling us that we need to be looking for the return of Christ and, and watching for it and waiting for it. And then he mentions that helmet, the hope of salvation. And what I believe the helmet of salvation is the way you put on the helmet of salvation, you put it on by getting assurance of your salvation. And there are many people out there today that I believe are saved, but they don't have the helmet of salvation. They're not, they don't have assurance of their salvation. And therefore, it's hard to be victorious when you don't know where you're going to be, spend eternity. If I knew that I found, if I found out I had a terminal illness, it would be difficult, but at the same time, as far as my eternal destiny was, is concerned, I wouldn't be worried about that one bit. I've got that covered. Truth is, I don't have to be diagnosed with a terminal illness to die. I could get in a car wreck today. I mean, there's a million ways that you can die. And I just can't imagine going through life wondering if I was saved, if I didn't have assurance. As a Christian, we're also, also supposed to be telling other people how to be saved. Spreading the gospel, but how can you spread a gospel when you're not even sure that you're saved? How do you tell others how to be saved when you're not even 100% sure you're going to heaven? And I'm telling you, the helmet of salvation or assurance of salvation is so important. And if you don't have it today, I'm not picking on you. I'm wanting to help you. I want to show you from the scriptures how you can get that assurance of your salvation because the assurance of our salvation should be found in the scriptures. Not in experience like experiences like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Not because you 
had some, you know, religious experience, you know, you did something goofy like speaking in tongues or uh, even just getting baptized or something like that or just having this overwhelming feeling of warmth that has come over your body. Now, that's not where you get assurance of your salvation. We find it in the Word of God. And it tells us in First Thessalonians to, you know, for a helmet, the hope of salvation. It's talking about the return of Christ here. And one thing we see in the Bible when it comes to the return of Christ, it's something we should be excited about. It's something that we should be looking forward to. But if you don't know you're saved, how can you do that? And the truth is, for someone who has assurance of salvation, that person's waiting and looking forward to the coming of Christ because they know where they're going to go. They know what's going to happen. He's talked about in that passage in 1 Thessalonians about the wrath of God that's going to be coming. But we know that's not on us. As Christians, if we're if you're saved, you've not been appointed under wrath, but to obtain salvation. We're able to look forward to these things. We're able to look forward to events that the world should be dreading and in great fear of because we have that hope of salvation. We have that assurance of our salvation. Therefore, we don't have to fear those things. So what does that helmet of salvation do for us? Because it does several things. But first off, I believe the helmet of salvation, it gives us the understanding of who we are. Much of our society's problem today is that they think we're nothing more than a highly evolved animal, which is so not true. And the Bible says that when the Lord God, he formed man from the dust of the ground, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Okay, We were created by God just like the animals were created by God. But God did something different with man. He gave him the breath of life, which is, and he made us a living soul that is eternal. And God made man special. And most people today, they think we're nothing more than animals, just survival of the fittest, whatever. They have no purpose in their life. They have no uh, understanding that there is so much more than just this life. And that's why many people do act like animals today and it's very sad to see that they act like animals in their behavior they act like animals in their morality and that's because they they don't understand that they are a living soul that is one day going to stand before an almighty god but as christians you know we sh- we should understand that we are god's creation for our revelation 4:11 thou art worthy o lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. We were created for God's pleasure, not our pleasure. And that's the problem today. Most people today are going through life seeking to do whatever they can to please themselves instead of trying to please their creator. And we can see how that's working out. And it's causing a lot of horrible things to happen. There are people out there who get pleasure in terrible things. Some people get pleasure in hurting other people. Some people get pleasure in just vile, perverted behavior. And it's because they have no understanding that we are a creation of God. Our purpose is to bring Him pleasure. And when if we would understand that, I believe it would give us some real purpose. And we wouldn't be acting like animals. But also, the helmet of salvation, it gives us or it reminds us of the assignment that we're supposed to do. When we remember that we are a creation of God, 
when we remember that we are created for his pleasure, it's going to remind us that, okay, that pleasure that he gets from us is us fulfilling our purpose that he's given. See, the world, their purpose, or the lost, is just the desires of the flesh, the things of the world. You know, what can I do to accumulate more stuff? What can I do to, you know, have fun today and to please myself? That's all they think about. It's all they live for. In many ways, they are like animals, I guess you could say, in that I've, I've spent a lot of time out in the woods hunting, and, you know, animals... They like to just, they just kind of walk through the woods, just going off instinct, you know, just doing whatever they can to survive, doing whatever they can to please themselves, whether it be to eat or drink. They're just, you know, they don't have a whole lot of purpose, just kind of wandering around. It kind of reminds me of the verse in the Bible that says, before we were saved, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we just walked according to the course of the world, and we just did Whatever, and it's funny. It referred to us as being dead in our sins and walking at the same time, just kind of like Walking Dead or a bunch of zombies walking around. That's kind of how we are before we get saved. Just no purpose in life, just doing whatever, going off instinct. But as a saved person, as a Christian, we understand we have been assigned to glorify God and to spread the gospel. First Corinthians six nineteen says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Most people today, when you see them do the horrible things that they do to themselves, whether it be through drugs or whether it be through some of the just the disgusting body modification things that people are doing today, they do it trying to please themselves and if you know you you can look at some of these folks sometime all disturbed when you just see what's what they've done to themselves and if you ask the question why why do that many times the response is you know what it's my body i can do with it as i please but as a christian we understand we don't belong to ourselves we belong to god and us going and just cutting our body up poking holes all over it discoloring it disfiguring it whatever we understand that does not glorify god in any way shape or form that our body that he's given us it has a purpose it has a mission that we need to fulfill and you know we can do it better if we take care of ourselves and we need we belong to god so he has that right to ask that of us but also the helmet of salvation this is and this is where it's really getting important it it gives us the memory of when we got our salvation settled. Many people, if you ask them if they're saved, they will say, yes, I believe I'm saved. But then, they, a lot of times, they can't tell you when they got saved. And this is important here, and I hope you'll pay attention to this, because it's like many people think that just they eventually become saved. I've even heard people explain it that way before, that just talk about how they just kind of became saved like it just accidentally happened and that's not really how it works john 9 24 says then this isn't a salvation story but i think it's a great example a great illustration it says then called they the man that was blind and said unto him give god the praise we know that this man is a sinner he answered and said whether he be a sinner or no 
I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, that, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Here, here we have a man who was healed by Jesus. He received his sight. And this guy didn't know a whole lot about Jesus. He didn't understand a whole lot really about anything, but he knew that something had happened to him. He knew something amazing had happened to him. Something had just changed his life. He'd received his sight. And the truth is, something as big and as miraculous as salvation, I don't see how that could happen and you not know when it happened or not even know if it happened. You know, salvation is compared sometimes to the blind receiving their sight. It's sometimes um, compared to being raised from the dead like Lazarus. You know, when Lazarus was raised from the dead, um, I'm pretty sure he noticed a big difference that took place. I'm pretty sure he remembered that event when all of a sudden he wakes up all wrapped up uh, in grave clothes in, in a cave. I imagine that probably uh, was a very memorable experience and many religious people they cannot tell you where or even when or even how they got saved it's sometimes they will what people will do is they'll just talk about i've heard examples given before about how well you know i used to do this kind of thing i used to participate in this kind of behavior and then one day i just didn't want to do it anymore and that's not really a salvation experience. I really don't believe that there's a lot of things that I used to do that I just don't care for anymore. Things that I, I don't like anymore. There's food I used to eat that now I don't like it anymore. I, sometimes we just change. Our tastes change. Some of our, our behaviors change. But salvation, I mean, that is a big thing, folks. And to just think that, I don't know, I'm, I know I'm saved, but I can't tell you when it happened or how it happened or where it happened. I've, I don't know, something's wrong. I can tell you when I got saved. I can tell you where I got saved. And I can tell you how I got saved. I can answer all those questions. The Bible shows us how to get saved. And when we learn how, then we can remember the, the where and the when. Romans 10, 8. See here, and here's the thing. I hope you can get this passage of scripture right here. It says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now listen, this plan of salvation, we've talked about this. It's a very simple, it's a simple plan. Jesus did the hard part on the cross. And when I got saved, I can tell you about when I got saved. I remember it was April 30th, 1986. I remember where it was. It was in my house. I was in my bedroom. I remember feeling the Lord speak to my heart. And not in an audible voice. It was just, I, I, you know, the Holy Spirit tugging on my heart, I guess you could say. And I remember I got my parents. I remember telling them I want to get saved. I remember kneeling down beside my bed and praying 
the sinner's prayer, and asking Jesus Christ to save me and come into my heart. And that was it. When After that happened, I didn't start glowing. I didn't start speaking in tongues. Nothing magical or mystical happened. I called on the name of the Lord for salvation. And I did that because my parents showed me some scriptures in the Bible where they said that that's what you have to do. And here's the thing. When I saw those scriptures and when I was told the plan of salvation, I believed it. And many people today, the reason they struggle with salvation is because they don't have what was mentioned in Romans 10, 8, that word of faith. I just have to ask. I just have to believe in my heart. I don't have to do something. I don't have to work for it. People struggle with that. Why? Because they don't have faith. But listen, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. We are saved by grace through faith. You don't deserve salvation. You don't earn it. You get it. By simply asking, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And many people, they never did, they've never done that. They've never, in belief, called on the Lord for salvation. It can't be that simple. It must have been when I changed. It must have been after that experience. I've had many people tell me about just when I've asked them when they got saved and they will tell me about some life-changing experience that happened to them. And they don't talk about Christ. They don't talk about believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't talk about calling upon the name of the Lord. That's completely out of the story, but yet they feel like they're saved because well, I just started going to church one time. Sorry, that's not going to do it. By It's by faith. Calling on the Lord. And if you've never done that, if you can't remember a time and a place in your life where you said, you know, Lord, I'm a sinner, and you called on Him for salvation, believing in your heart, then... I'm afraid you're not saved. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it just says somebody just woke up one day and all of a sudden realized they were saved. It's a it's an event. There's a time and a place. There's a when and a where. You don't have to remember the date, but you ought to remember the event. You ought to be able to remember the place. And if you don't, you're you're going to have a tough time having assurance of that salvation. But listen, that helmet of salvation, it also gives us the assurance of where we're going. We've talked about that a little bit. But you know, the lost are living just for today because they have no purpose, no hope of eternity. They think that this life is all that there is. And as Christians, we understand no matter what happens, we know where we're going. Titus 2.12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Right there, that looking for, that blessed hope and glorious appearing. I am looking forward to the coming of Christ today. I am excited about that glorious appearing. I can't wait for that event to come. Why? Because I know what's going to happen. When Christ returns, it's going to be judgment day for the world, but it's going to be a glorious day for us. And when you look at the coming of Christ, it's an exciting event 
if you're saved, and it's a horrifying event if you're lost. And if I didn't know for sure which side I was on, I wouldn't be looking for the coming of Christ. It wouldn't be a blessed hope. I would be very concerned because I don't want to be on the bad end of that when he comes back. And so for you to be able to enjoy that, you've got to know you're saved. You've got to have that assurance of salvation. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding. And this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. Right there we see that it's those with that childlike faith. Think, how can a five-year-old get saved? Truth is, it's probably easier for a five-year-old to get saved than a 50-year-old to get saved or a 60-year-old to get saved. They don't struggle with faith like adults do. And it was God's desire to do that. It seemed good in his sight to do it that way. That's how he did it. And if, you, if you're if you not sure you're saved, you need to start thinking like a child. You need to start having that childlike faith and just trust God's word. That helmet of salvation, it gives us the understanding of why we are here. Luke 19.10 said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. And then if you jump down to verse 13, he talked about he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said to them, Occupy till I come. As Christians, we belong here on this earth right now. We're supposed to occupy till he returns. The way we do that, we stay strong, teaching the Word of God, living the Word of God, and telling other people about Christ. We keep his commandments. We do it in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We're supposed to shine as lights. We do all these things because we have a purpose. We are here for a reason. Our purpose, mission, goals, mindset, etc., it's different than the world's. But we're not here to be one of them. We're here to make a difference until, re- until the return of Christ. So how do we put on that helmet of salvation? Well, first off, you learn what the Bible says about salvation. Then you think back to the time and place when you got saved, if you did. And if you don't have a time and place that you can remember, or you're just not sure, call on the Lord for salvation. Listen, this better be safe than sorry. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never done that, I hope you'll do that today. It's the most important decision you can ever make. God bless you. I hope this was a help to you. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week, 9.30. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com. Or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.